Hey everyone, I'm Serena. And I'm Tina, and we are the Mental Health Mamas. Welcome to No Need to Explain. We are so glad you're here. First, as always, a quick disclaimer. We come to you not as mental health professionals or experts in the field, but rather as the parents of kids who struggle with their emotional health. If you or someone you love is experiencing a mental health crisis, please seek professional support. You'll find a variety of resources in our show notes and on our website, no need to explain podcast.com. Today, we are excited to welcome to the podcast a guest who is a fellow mama and so much more. Unlike us, she happens to possess some real credentials in the mental health world, but that's not really why we've invited her here to chat with us today. She is a mover and a shaker in our community and someone I feel lucky to know, Juliana Garcia. Juliana, welcome to our podcast. We are so very grateful you have joined us today. Hi, thank you so much for having me on today. I'm so excited to be here and to talk with y'all. Awesome. So Juliana, if you could just start by telling us a little bit of your story, perhaps you might tell us where you're from and maybe some of what made you who you are today. Yeah. So um, as I said, my name is Juliana Garcia. My pronouns are she, her. I'm originally from Fort Worth, Texas. Um, I ended up moving to Ithaca, New York to go to Cornell University in 2010 uh, I graduated in 2014 and really liked the community here, so I decided to stay and make my life here in Ithaca, um, the Ithaca area. So I now live in Cortland, um, but it's pretty much the same area. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine that that is a little different from where you grew up. Yes, definitely. Um, <laughs> where I'm from is a really big city, um, so the shift right from a huge city to a small town um it was a shock at first and it took a lot of getting used to as well as the weather that also (laughs) took many many years of getting used to but i've grown to love it and i really appreciate having seasons now there was a Mm -hmm. very long time where i was like no i just wanted to be hot every day day, (laughs) 365 days of the year but now I'm like oh how nice that we have fall and spring and winter like wow how cool seasons can be so yeah 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 so it also seems like coming from a big city to Ithaca which is a little city right uh it seems that perhaps there are some of the same social issues that there might be in bigger cities and we know that you have been a huge part of the mutual aid work going on in our community um, since especially be, you know beginning of the pandemic but we're aware that the idea of mutual aid has been in existence for thousands of years we wonder if you could share with our listeners who may not know what is mutual aid Yes, definitely. So mutual aid is neighbors supporting neighbors in the spirit of solidarity to meet survival needs as opposed to a nonprofit or charity government work, you know, those types of things where folks are dependent on a central organization. So we recognize that people know their needs and they know what's best for them um, and how to meet them. And so supporting people as we can um, with connecting people to people. Right. So that's a lot of the work that we do. Mm. So we love that because we really believe that, um, you know, in our mental health world, that people 
know what they need and they need to be asked what they need. And when asked, they have the answers. So we love this. We love this neighbor to neighbor kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think what you're speaking to, right, is getting away from the charity mindset and understanding how to be in solidarity with one another, right? So it, it doesn't have to be specifically within the context of mutual aid. Like you can have solidarity with people in all sorts of contexts, right? Um, but knowing that like your struggle is my struggle, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not viewing it as this like charity lens of like, oh, well, I'll like help or give you some money, but you know, it's not really an issue for me, mm-hmm. right? That's a mm-hmm. you issue where it's like, mm-hmm. no, all of these things are so intertwined, right? That it affects all of us. We're in this like ecosystem with everyone, right? If one person is having a bad day, um, that can ripple out right into the community. Mm -hmm. Um, And vice versa, if you're having a great day, that can also ripple out too. So understanding the concept of solidarity versus charity. Right. It's a, it's a, all of us instead of a us and them kind of. Yeah. It's like a shift from individualism to collectivism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a little bit of, you know, when we support families, the idea that our experiences might not be exactly the same. And yet we can walk right beside people because the feelings are the same. Right. So we do focus a lot on that anyway. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, so what was it, Juliana, that led you to be part of this work locally? Maybe uh, all your spare time. (laughs) (laughs) For me, I have been doing some sort of like mutual aid, right? Um, Social justice work. That's always um, an area that I've been working in. So the, you know, formal quote unquote, like mutual aid Tompkins group that came about really offered a space for organizers to come together. People who had been organizing in various areas, right around like food justice or housing justice, um, you know, workers' rights. So pretty much everyone able to come together and organize collectively. So what we see now, it's like a year in um, to this like formal quote unquote mutual aid Tompkins group. Um, but it's people who have been doing mutual aid in our community, right? It's just a little bit more formalized and organizing around these like very specific issues within our community through a grassroots lens. So could you share a little bit about some of the work that mutual aid has done in our county? Like what, what does that look like? Yeah, definitely. So we, one of our like big projects that a lot of people know about is the food sharing cabinets. They're these like blue cabinets that can go, you know, in your front lawn, um, at, in front of businesses or wherever else they're probably like five feet tall, um, and three feet deep. So they're not huge. Um, but you fill them up with food. Anyone in the community can fill them up, them up with food. Anyone can take food from them. They're open 24 seven. Um, And it's really like understanding that people know their needs and they will take what they need to take. They don't have to sign a bunch of forms, you know, (laughs) and jump through a bunch of hoops in order to get their needs met. Um, So it is like a Band-Aid solution, right, to the larger issue of food insecurity. Um, And that's something we've been talking about recently is like, okay, how do we address this at the root of the problem so we're not just, you know, providing these Mm -hmm. Band-Aids? But until that happens, right, there are people who are food insecure. Mm -hmm. And so helping, you know, meet that need. So I think now we have like... 50 or 60 food sharing cabinets across Cortland County and Tompkins County. Um, And it's really cool because lately we have students at our local BOCES program um, 
building the cabinets, like constructing mm. the cabinets for Cortland County. And now in Tompkins, they're starting to do that too. So it's really nice getting everyone involved in this project and teaching, <laughs> teaching them like what mutual aid is right in the principles of mutual aid mm-hmm. um, while we're doing this. So we've seen a really great community response and community members filling up these cabinets, you know, whenever they get a chance. Um, and some of these cabinets get refilled like two or three times a day. Like that, it's very high usage. Um, so, and then the, the food just keeps coming. Yeah. It's just like food keeps showing up. Right. <laughs> so it speaks to this, um, like idea of scarcity because a lot of us operate from the scarcity mindset of like, mm-hmm. Oh, there just aren't enough resources out there. And it's like, no, there is right. It's just, they're not um, equitably distributed. Right. Like if you look at how many like grocery stores and restaurants, like there's like an overabundance of food everywhere. It's just mm-hmm. like who has access to that and who has the resources to purchase the food or whatever else. Um, so it's not that there's not enough. It's just not being distributed in an equitable way. Mm, And there is not one that I drive by that there isn't someone either taking or filling. So Mm. they're working for sure. Um, And so for people who are listening, who, first of all, I want to make clear that we are in upstate New York, Cortland Tompkins County are in upstate New York for those of you who are listening from lots of places around the country and the world. Um, And let's just wonder about that. So if you don't live in our community and you want to start work in your own community, how might people get started? So usually there is some sort of grassroots organizing happening in your community. Um, You just may not know about it, right? So um, going back to like the roots of mutual aid, historically it's been used by marginalized populations to meet Um, their needs to survive, right? So by like black and brown, indigenous and other people of color and other marginalized groups, like mutual aid has been something that has been utilized, you know, to meet their needs in order to survive. And so it, it is happening most likely already in your community. Sometimes it's not like as like formally organized, right? So what I always suggest when people contact us is saying like, why don't you check, like ask around, you know, see how um, these things are happening. There are plenty of websites out there if you just type in like mutual aid nationally. Um, There are a lot that have um, groups listed, like specific groups listed that you can plug into. Um, But that's like the first step is really just seeing who's out there on the ground working already rather than trying to recreate something if it's not necessary. That's so smart because there are so many people who want to do good and starting from, yeah, from the beginning is not necessary. So is there anything people should not do if they're looking to organize or do something for their community? Yeah, so I think a lot of times you'll see people come with like internal biases they may have, like a lot of saviorism Mm -hmm. that happens where like they're here to save like poor people, right. Or whatever else. And that's not really the mindset that you want (laughs) to have when you're doing mutual aid work. Like you could go work at a charity if you want to do that, that's fine. But like, that's not really the spirit of mutual aid because mutual aid is based in like anti-racism, anti-capitalism, right? Like most organizers understand that it is like socialism, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) At its core. And so having that political understanding um, before you engage in the work is pretty necessary in my opinion. Um, And so just locally, right? Um, 
everyone can participate. You don't have to have like leftist um, politics in order to mm-hmm. participate or receive aid or offer aid. Um, but, you know, for the people who are doing a lot of the main organizing, like, yes, we do require that people have a basic understanding, um, you know, of like anti-capitalism and socialism, um, communism, anarchism, those things, because those are the foundation of the work. Um, And so I think also thinking about like the solidarity versus charity mindset, right? Mm -hmm. And knowing like how to be in solidarity with people. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So if we can move on, we mentioned at the beginning of the episode that you are the mom of a sweet young child so adorable uh we're wondering how that's been going uh during the pandemic have you been able to balance work and parenting in a way that feels good to you yes um sweet angel baby (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't say enough sweet adorable i know i know curly haired awesomeness um he is he's a little stinker though sometimes but um It's been really hard and I've had to work really diligently with my therapist to make sure that I like maintain a level of self-care and balance in my life. Um, So I have struggled with it. I think everyone else has as well. This isn't like a unique to Juliana situation, (laughs) you know, like this pandemic is quite frankly overwhelming and unsustainable. Um, we had a, I think it was like a month, right, where everyone was like, okay, you know, what are we going to do? We can't, we can't go into work, you know, we have to um, figure something else out. And then everything just started back up. And it's like, no, you still have to go to work and you still have to take care of your children full time without any help. (laughs) Um, And it's like completely unsustainable and like not to get on my soapbox, but like, that's what capitalism does, you know, like, Mm -hmm it like it almost broke like capitalism almost broke last year at the beginning of the Mm -hmm. pandemic because workers weren't going into work right Right. um like the economy was like near crashing levels um because like essential workers um who are like low quote-unquote low skill low paid right like weren't able to go to work so it kind of like showed a lot about our um, economic system structure And it's also just not sustainable. So um, yeah, it's been very, very stressful. I am very fortunate that um, my son's daycare is back open, right? And I could send him there. But when he was home with me, it was um, not working at all. Um, I mean, any, anyone who's listening who works and also has children at home knows it's just not really possible to be productive, 100% productive in your work when you are also parenting, because that's a whole other job. Right. For sure. So let me just ask, you had mentioned that you're supported by a therapist, which is awesome. Totally highly recommend it. And do you have other people who support you in your life? Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm like a huge fan of the protective factors and understanding Mm -hmm. that you do need a village to raise a child, but also just to support you, even if you don't have kids. Um, Like we are not people operating by ourselves. We live in a world with other people and we rely on other people to get by. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if you think like, oh no, I'm like doing it myself. It's like, okay, well, did you grow that food that you're eating right now? No, you know, like someone else did. So I really try to 
help people understand that like you are not doing anything by yourself, right? It's just right. not possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so leaning on others for support. Um, and this is something I talk to, you know, my clients a lot when I'm working with them, because I'm a social worker is like, you have so much like empathy and compassion and you offer so much to the people around you. Like what makes you think those around you wouldn't offer the same to you, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, well, I don't want to like bother anyone, you know, mm-hmm. with this. And it's like, if your friend called you with this exact problem, you would be so nice to them about it in kind, yes. right? Like right. they will also feel that way towards you. Um, and so, yes, I am constantly like calling and texting and, messaging people all the time (laughs) when I uh, need someone to talk to. So everyone knows just to like expect phone calls from me. (laughs) That's awesome. And I would, I would just highlight one thing, not that I want to highlight everything you've said, but just this one thing. And that is, you know, I think people think it's burdensome to ask Mm -hmm. for support. And in some ways, if you ask for support, you are modeling that for everyone else in your world, right? And there's no shame in asking for support. We all need it. We all need to be connected. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I think it speaks to like consent and boundaries too, right? Mm-hmm. So like you can also say if you feel uncomfortable, right? Like saying like, hey, I'm going through a rough thing right now. Do you have some time today to talk to me about mm-hmm. it? Um, if you really want to go that extra mile, right? So mm-hmm. that you don't feel like you're being burdensome and also letting them know, like, if you don't have the time and space for this today, like, that's okay. I can call someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand that not everyone has like this laundry list of people they can call, right? But trying to find a handful of people who you can, so it's not like you're hitting up the same person every time and then you feel bad or they feel bad, right? Right. Um, but allowing that space to say, like, I understand this might be a lot for today for you. So please let me know if it's not okay. And I will find someone else like that's good. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great to have a whole list of people for different things. Mm-hmm. right? Yes. <laughs> um, so that's a great transition into our next question, which is about self care. We like to ask all of our guests about their self care or things they do for themselves that give them a sense of renewal. So we're curious, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So for me, um, well, I'm a hundred percent extrovert, so it's really just talking <laughs> to other people. Um, I always get so happy <laughs> when I <laughs> talk to other people. So mine is just interacting with others in the world and roller skating is one way I do that. Um, so today, for example, this afternoon, I'm going to go roller skating with some people and it's going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> And then also another form of self-care is setting really, really good boundaries. Thank you to my therapist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yay to therapist. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like something that I know cognitively, but then was never doing, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, saying like, no, I don't really have the capacity to do that right now. Um, I think when yeah. you're, and this isn't me trying to like brag, right, but when you're a very like competent person, people just like, are like, Oh, cool. Okay. Well you can do that then. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, maybe you should (laughs) or find (laughs) someone else. Um, So setting boundaries around my time and really, really sticking to that has um, helped me immensely. And just saying like, yeah, I actually decided like, I'm not going to be dealing with that today. So I'm sorry. Like Mm -hmm. no is a complete Mm -hmm. sentence. No, (laughs) you know, that is awesome. Yes. And I think it's underutilized. We, yeah. we feel like it's rude to set boundaries and it is so self-compassionate to set mm-hmm. boundaries for sure. Absolutely. 
So last question. We wonder if you could share a piece of wisdom, which you've shared a lot of wisdom again, lots of wisdom with all the other parents out there who are struggling in one way or another. What, what piece of wisdom might you share? Um, piece of wisdom. Oh my gosh. I feel like it's really the boundaries thing. Okay. <laughs> Even though we already went over that, like that can really change your life. Yeah, um, you know, so I would say finding it's really reiterating things I've already said, mm-hmm. to be honest, but like finding people who can support you, you know, compassionately. Um, and also like setting really solid boundaries around like your time. Mm-hmm. Um, because that can just help a lot in every way, shape, and form. So, Juliana, before we close uh, this episode, um, I, I wonder if there's anything we haven't asked you that you might like to put out there to the world. Yes. So, the mutual aid work um, has really impacted, and everything I've learned from all the other organizers has impacted my parenting. I have always tried to be a conscious parent, um, and... Uh, work on how I parent so that I can treat my child with respect and love and care and understand, right, that he is his own whole person. Um, It's actually very surprising how many people, how many parents do not take that view. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, one of the aspects of this work is understanding that, like, the issue at its core is supremacy, right? Like having supremacy and power over one another, Mm -hmm. right? Like that is the real issue that we're all dealing with. And so how do we seek to not reenact that in other ways in our lives, right? So we're trying to not reenact this having power over each other and being punitive in how we work with each other, you know, within our space of organizing. But then also that's so, so crucial within your home, right? And within the relationships you forge there. And so thinking about how to carry that into the ways that I parent um, in understanding, you know, where Jack is at developmentally. I'm like a huge fan of that, like understanding developmentally where your child is Mm -hmm. and what's appropriate and how to set appropriate expectations for your child based on that. Um, And then also just trying to lead with compassion Mm -hmm. and care. I think um, a lot of times we don't really offer our children as much compassion as we would other people, you know, when we're feeling frustrated. And I think part of it is just because we're with them all the time. So it's like, oh my gosh, like, ah. Um, So I think some of it is that. And also like having a child can bring up a lot of past trauma, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you haven't worked through yet. And that can be really, really difficult because you might be feeling triggered from a situation that happens with your child. And in the moment, how do you work through that? Because you not only have to work through that trigger, but mm-hmm. also you can't just not be a parent. Um, you know, when they're, especially when they're little, little, you can't just say, okay, I'm going to walk away now. Goodbye. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, cause little babies will be like, you're not walking away. <laughs> um, and even older kids might do that too. Right. So, um, really having to work through a lot of these issues um, so that I can, you know, raise Jack, that's my son, um, raise him in a way that models what my beliefs and values Mm -hmm. are, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's a lot to say, like, 
yes, I believe in collectivism, right, and um, transformative justice and these things, but if you're not acting that out in your home and in the interpersonal relationship you have, like, it's kind of meaningless. (laughs) Mm. Um, And so it's really impacted my parenting and in a good way. I feel like very happy about how I am parenting. I like brag to my husband all the time. I'm like, wow, like he is so lucky. Like I'm such a good parent. He's like, okay, <laughs> calm down. Like we all know you're <laughs> I was like, well, if there was a parent of the award, like I would get it just so you know. <laughs> okay. like, oh my gosh. Um, so so yeah, it's something that I'm constantly working on. Um, but I always try to talk to other people about, you know, conscious parenting too. Yeah, for sure. Well, that is, I I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, That's, that's a lot to think about. And we may have to have you on again to talk more about that. I was thinking that whole parenting trauma stuff and yeah, yeah, conscious parenting. We, yeah, another episode for sure. Absolutely. So for the sake of time, we are going to go ahead and wrap up for today, but uh, Julianne, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, We know you don't like to be singled out for the work you do in our community, but we really do appreciate you for who you are and all that you do. Absolutely. And thanks for being a part of keeping our community up and running and and during this weird, weird time and inspiring others to do that as well. Thank you so much for having me on today. So podcast friends, we are as always grateful for your listening and your support. You can help us out by visiting Apple Podcasts, leaving us a review, subscribing, and sharing with others. You'll also find more content on our website, no need to explain podcast.com. And this is your gentle reminder to take good care of yourself while you're also taking care of your people. Thanks for listening. Bye.